Hi everyone, it's Sandy Cruz from Sandy K Nutrition, health and lifestyle queen. And I'm here to show you that balanced living works. This is especially for all you ladies over 40. We will cover a range of exciting topics with many special guests and I really look forward to this season. Bye for now. Hi everyone, welcome to Sandy K Nutrition, Health and Lifestyle Queen. And with me today, I have David Newton and Lisa Borden, who are the co-founders of the Akira Concept. And like most of my guests, we connected through Instagram and I was really inspired by them. And this seems to be my theme as of late is that I look for people on social media or not even just look for them. It's like you just run into each other and your energies collide and then you can come up with something fabulous together when you collaborate and you both have the one common goal and that is to inspire. So I connected with Lisa somehow on Instagram. We started chatting, then we started talking about what they do, her and David and what I do. And then next thing you know, we're like, yeah, we need to record a podcast. So that's actually how we connected. And it was a fabulous podcast. And so you're going to hear it coming up. I'm going to try not to talk about it too, too much. But these two are going out and doing good in the world. So this is what I love. This is what I aspire to do all the time. I aspire to be like this for my clients as a registered holistic nutritionist. I aspire to inspire on all of my social media channels to say, hey, yeah, I just turned 51 this year. I don't feel old. I don't act old. I don't think I look old. And really what it is, is it's all about let's age well, let's age healthfully, let's age gracefully and beautifully. I feel like the society that we live in these days, it, it almost like it, it just, it looks down on our elderly. Whereas, you know, back in the day, our elderly, they were full of wisdom and why this has happened, I have no idea. I did do a podcast episode on this. Maybe it has to do with the fact that we do perhaps live longer, but we live sicker. And I want to change that. Before, I mean, I had grandparents that I knew they were in Croatia and they worked on the farm and their brains were sharp and everything until the day they died. Yeah, they died a little younger. They were in their 70s. My dad is actually going to turn 84, but he definitely has his wits about him. And my mom, too, she's going to be 70. Is she going to be 75 this year? No, 76. Anyway, they're nine years apart. And so these two, I mean, I, I want to be like that. I want to live in my own home. I want to be able to do things. I want to go exercise. I want to read. I want to play games. I want to socialize. All these things. And I want my kids to come to me for advice and know mom's still sharp as a knife. She knows where it's at. And dad, of course. So really, that's kind of what I'm all about. That's my brand. That's me. So. When I meet people that really inspire other people, whether it's to change the way they eat or change the way they live or change their mindset or whatever it is, I connect. I am all about connection and I'm all about supporting. So Lisa and David, amazing interview. Now, a couple of announcements. Please go 
rate, review, and subscribe my podcast. I say this every week, but I can't tell you how important it is for us podcasters to get feedback. So send me an email, sandy at sandyknutrition.ca. I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear where you're from, anything. Please, you know, connect with me if you have ideas for a show, anything like that. Send me an email. Also, after you do subscribe, rate, and review. You have to do all those three. Send me an email again. Let me know you've done this and I will enter you into a contest to win a $100 Amazon gift card. And lastly, if you like my content, if you like my podcast, please share it with those who you know would benefit from it and follow me on all of my Instagram, my Facebook, all of those channels. You'll be able to find me Sandy K Nutrition. I have a private women's group on Facebook, Sandy K Nutrition, Health and Lifestyle Queen. It's women over 40. Still haven't done anything specifically with that, but I'm going to. So go answer a few questions and be part of that group. And before I start my interview with Lisa and David, I'm going to read something from one of their books just to entice you to listen to the rest of this interview because it was so fabulous. One of their books is called No Worries. I actually bought each of my kids a copy of this book for Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day, I traditionally have always written my kids a love letter, which I did this year again, but I also gave them a copy of this book. It's called No Worries, Intelligent Self-Care, doable stress relief, and optimistic thoughts for a happier life. And I tell you guys, you got to go and get a copy of this. I will have all the info in the show notes on how to do that. But I'm going to read this to you. If you're feeling down, if you're feeling low, just open up this book to any page. You don't have to read it cover to cover. I mean, there's a couple of books that I have like that, where if I'm not sure even how I'm feeling, I just open it up to any page and then somehow energetically it brings me to where I should be. So today I open it up to this. Open your heart. Stand in a comfortable position with your feet slightly wider than your hips. Interlace your fingers behind you. Roll your shoulders back. Extend your elbows gently and pull your heart through your shoulders into an open position and gaze upward. Heart openers might seem too simple to make a difference, but they might just change your life if you try them and practice daily or any time you feel worried. They will dissolve tension and worry in your body, mind, and soul. Reset your posture, counteract muscle shortening in your front body, and share heart energy. So that is from the book, No Worries. And now... I am going to cut on through to the interview with Lisa and David from The Akira Concept. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Sandy K Nutrition, Health and Lifestyle Queen. Today with me, I have two very special guests, David Newton and Lisa Borden. They are the co-founders, facilitators, and they are the hosts of The Akira Concept and the Wellness Intelligence Collective. Both are self-declared, unconventional idealists. So I am really excited to interview you guys. I have one of your books. I love what you talk about. So I am going to welcome you to the show. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Thank you for having us. I'm, and, and the first thing I'm going to ask you is, can you describe what an unconventional idealist is? Because I know what unconventional is, and I know what an idealist is, but when you describe yourself as that, what exactly do you mean by that? Go for it. So when we, we're not big into labels, so when we were trying to come up with a title, um, you know, you can come up with co-founders or facilitators or whatever it is and we really want we don't want people to have a preconceived notion when they're working with us because we work so far outside the box and um so we looked for a title that didn't mean anything to anyone that we could sort of define so unconventional idealists i guess that's the foundation of everything that we're doing it's 
um, bucking status quo. So we're not scared to go outside the box. We're always in pursuit of doing something better. Um, we believe in possibility, human potential, um, in our own pursuit too. So it's, we are always learning ourselves and hoping to, to pay back and share with others. Beautiful. Okay. And maybe tell me what the Akira concept is about first. What is it that you do? So we are we're working to create a wellness intelligence movement. So um, wellness intelligence is really the art of better taking care of ourselves, others, and the planet. That's the simple thing. And we really believe that it's not about doing more things. Not that we have to add more things into our life, wellness um, things. It's about doing the right things. Doing more of the right things, yeah. Okay, I like that because that's actually what drew me to you guys in the first place is that you don't talk about, okay, eat this way and you will be healthy. You talk about all the things that kind of would be a balanced and healthful lifestyle that, you know, things like incorporating getting outside every day in nature and Maybe it's journaling. Maybe it's meditation. Maybe, you know, finding something that works for you deep down. Like, you know, talk to me a little bit about that. Well, you let go. David, David has a great, David always talks about um, how we add the good in. Yes. And I'm just happy with that because it's true. So one of the things about the way we work is that we don't take away. We don't ask you not to do things. What we do is we give you options that are really healthy, options that build wellness, and hopefully the rewards of that will cause you to want to push some of the less than healthy stuff out of your life. Like as you eat something that brings you great joy or you actually really like, then you realize, I I don't feel well when I eat that other thing. So you're going to choose to do it. So we aren't going to choose for people, we want people yeah. to ex- have an experience that they understand the why, the how, the what, all of it, and then they make their own choices. Um, yeah, and so one of the things that we've noticed with the people that we've come into contact with and the people that we work with is most people focus and specialize on one thing. And in doing so, they kind of lose their kind of multidimensional scope on what it means to be well. So one of the things we do through the work that we offer is we try to offer a broad spectrum with a multi-dimensional look at wellness. And everything. Yeah. Like everything yeah. under wellness. So, you know, when I, you know, our stories are very, we've led very, um, I would say, healthy in our own right, individual careers. So somebody who's been in um, marketing communications and business development supporting health and wellness brands for almost 30 years and David working in movement and fitness for over 30 years plus always being in um, athletics. It was so interesting for us to come together and understand that my approach to helping my clients is always multidimensional. It's very, very, very like a wide lens of doing everything and making sure that there's a solid foundation. And David had that same approach in, in fitness and in movement. And what we also knew, so I would always go to David's spin classes, his indoor cycling classes, and that's what I did. And I loved it, the music, the energy, everything. And it was like, you have to do more. You have to widen your lens. You have yeah. to broaden the scope of what you're doing. You don't have any multidimensional movement in your body. You're doing everything in the sagittal plane. So I did, um, and it changed my life. And it wasn't... Like in one day making that decision, it was, um, you know, David teaching me certain things, starting to do weight training and conditioning, starting to do yoga, starting to do meditation, which we can talk about after. And then the same thing was, I said to David, how are you drinking coffee from a styrofoam cup while you're teaching? Like, what's that about? And so we sort of aggravated each other with these He's this, like David said, fully, whatever. aggravation was bullying. I think a very narrow, we realized we had a very multidimensional approach in a very narrow scope. Okay. And so we sort of helped to blow our, each other's lives and work open. And through that, 
realized everything is really connected yeah. and you can't specialize in as, as you know um it, you have to move your body to be well it doesn't matter what you eat if you're not moving your body it doesn't matter what you eat and how you move your body if you're not sleeping well so all yeah. of those things being connected that's how the care concept sort of came and we define eight dimensions of wellness that we work in that we help okay so I have a couple questions. I do want to know what those eight dimensions are, but how do you, how did you guys, how long have you known each other? You seem like you're very, very close and you've never, okay. Cause you seem like you guys. It's a COVID thing too. We've, we've, <laughs> shared, we've been sharing this office space for almost a year and we still like each other. So that's uh, like some kind of, for anyone that knows me, that's like a huge feeling when I know him yeah. and I think so you're um, we've known each other for three years not not like i mean chronologically not for very long four years four years but spending so much time in each other's presence and having such similar takes on life even though our backgrounds are so different so we one of the things that i, I wanted to say uh first what lisa was saying was this idea that is very uh, everything is connected but um when you go into the different dimensions of wellness so for example nutrition uh, we have uh, something called fuel and within your your realm you understand the need for variety and um, that multi-dimensional sort of palette for the way you nourish yourself and as we made our way through the different dimensions we saw exactly the same thing in each dimension so we would we would be in a dimension and Eventually, what we realized is that not only is everything connected, but within the dimensions, the same sort of philosophy and way of operation exists. So um, once one of the things that we realized is that it's actually going to be much easier to teach this because once you've developed the skills in one dimension, you can take those same skills, that same skill set, and you can laterally transfer it to another dimension. So everything that you know about food, Sandy, I can guarantee you that it's applicable in some way, shape, or form to moving your body. Hmm. Okay. To connecting with your body. So it really is. So when that's you, where our yeah. connection comes from, is from discussions that go to those places. Like where they often I was like, what? And he, our first um, connection was about David was like, no, I just want to sell, like it's connection. You know, that's the thing is people aren't connected and I want to, everything's about connection. I was like, I'm in marketing. I can't spell connection. Like, how do you package that? Yes. So when we did, you know, I identified that David had something so unique about his teaching, being in his cycle class, because he didn't ride the bike, which was really off-putting for me at the beginning, because I was used to going to indoor cycling classes and you draw energy from the instructor in front of the room on the bike. And there was David standing there and I was like, what's the deal with, what's the deal with this guy? And then I realized it's because he was so into training and position and breath and all these things. And you can't actually ride as an instructor and offer that kind of instruction. Right. And so we started a conversation being interested in what each other was doing. And I said to him, I, you don't have a website, you don't have, you don't have Instagram, you don't have anything, you have so much to share. Like, let me help you. And then it took you, what, like a year or more to even come into my office. And I just let me help him. We, um, my colleague and I helped put a website up for him. And I was like so excited about just him having a place to do this. And then we started doing workshops. Um, and I was helping produce David's sort of movement brilliance and infusing I guess my wellness from my business into just to sort of animate it. And we had, it was called Future Proofing, the workshop, and they were great until COVID hit. Yeah. Um, and they were sold out and, and it was basically about living in your aging body, living and aging gracefully yeah. in your aging oh. body. Living living yeah, well. I'm all about that, Lisa. I mean, you know, anything, that's another reason I was drawn to you because it's not a singular thing that you do that is going to help you age well. It's a collective, right? right? Yes. So it's all about the collective and that's what you guys do. And that's totally 
what draws me to you. And I think you guys are going to be so, so successful in what you do because this formula is not common. So now I feel like we're letting the cat out of the box here. Is that the saying? Cat out of the box? What's, what? I don't know. Anyway, no. Cat out of the bag. Out of the bag. That's it. That's it. But I feel like it's a concept that is not often talked about. So this is where wisdom comes in. And I'm not saying if you're 30, you can't be wise, but I'm saying life experiences can usually take you to a place where you realize it's not linear, right? So maybe tell me these eight areas that you were starting to talk about, and then I interrupted you, so. <laughs> yeah, we always interrupt each other. <laughs> but I want to hear about it, for sure. It's important. The eight, dimensions, the eight dimensions that we feel capture our work and what everybody needs, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, social, intellectual, financial, and environmental. Did I say that right? No, no. Yeah. Okay. No, I can't see, I can't see what and, and the the graphic that we show, um, the graphic that we show is that all of those dimensions are connected. So it it was really um, when we were writing our workbook, which we, we did with um, COVID hit, we started putting everything down on paper. We had such a hard time understanding what comes first. Yeah. Is it David? Like the body is designed to move. That's why we're here we're trying to move and it's like but what about breath but what about knowing yourself what about even understanding that there's opportunity and possibility so i mean we didn't have a plan this is the here concept has as you said about wisdom yeah. it's really my whole life and work experience and then david's whole life and work experience and, and a little bit of divine intervention as well so we believe that we do believe that there is some sort of spirit guide helping us pull this together and giving oh, us. I love that. I love that. See, yeah. but I, okay. So in terms of wellness, I am, I don't knock any one type of wellness or health industry or anything. But the one thing that we've always been taught is you go to the doctor and you have a throat ache. Okay, well, let's give you some penicillin to kill that bacteria. And then um, your throat ache will go away. But then you continue to have issues with your throat, right? And so this is where I feel like there's always something, a gap in conventional medicine when it comes to health and wellness. It's not necessarily about your throat. Is there something going on with your chakras? Is Are you um, not speaking your truth? Are you, right? So it's like that wholeness that you speak about. And I believe that that is what optimizes health. When you look at one thing, like our medical conventional system has always done, you're maybe going to fix that one little issue for the time being. But then until you look a little deeper and that spiritual connection, and it's not about religion. And I speak about that, you know, my background, my upbringing is Roman Catholic. So I'm Croatian Catholic, born and raised. And, you know, I'm not speaking against any religion here whatsoever. You go with what resonates with you. And for me, it's all about what kind of a person you are. And there's got to be something more than just us you sitting know, here talking. Yes. Um, it's about actually having an open mind and an open heart. Yeah. Um, in time, and you know what you describe with, you know, thank goodness we have conventional medicine. Yes. For, there's so many reasons. Yeah. But oh my goodness, that is not that's a linear path to go to the doctor, get a prescription, and be. And that's that status quo that we talk about is unconventional idealist that we try and you know figure out because how does it make you feel? So how many people like. How does it make you feel? Like when you're eating that, how does it make you feel when you're moving yes. your body that way? How does it make you feel? And it's it's really amazing that, you know, when David challenged me to market with connection, it's all about connection, everything's connected. And I'm like, 
how do you package something that's so intangible and that's hard to understand? And that's really what we're doing through our work, which is, um, you know, be in a conscious pursuit of better. Yes. Um, rather than the unconscious pursuit. So we use one of our foundations is based on um, uh, the wrong bus syndrome. The what? The wrong bus? The wrong bus syndrome. Okay. So we have a whole post about it on our... It's in your book. It's in my... I haven't read the whole thing yet, you guys. I've read some of it, but we are going to get into this book, by the way. So go on, go on. So the wrong bus syndrome basically is about, you know, how how we are socially programmed. So we sometimes we're just headed in the wrong direction. We're on the bus. And we're headed in the wrong direction as a society, right? Status quo. And a lot of the time, people just don't even understand that they can get off, that there are options to get off, or they change the bus stops, right? And, and, or they don't understand it, or it's too expensive to get off the bus. They, you know, and at any point in time, you can get off the wrong bus, headed in the wrong direction, like just a linear lifestyle. Or just you know eating fast food or whatever it happens to be to get off the bus. There's so many options, and they don't have to cost yeah. money. They don't have to. They don't require equipment for moving yeah. your body yeah. and training your body. They don't require, um, you know, there's room for everything. I guess saying there's options and everything possible. And I think something to to understand too is that everything is really simple. It doesn't need to be overly complicated. It needs to be simple and it has to have some sort of concrete function associated with it. So that, like, I mean, the functionality and, and also, as Lisa was saying, it's about asking yourself, how does it make you feel? So going, just diving inwards and saying, um, intuitively, how does this make me feel? Yes. I think that those three things, this simplicity, this functionality, and then connecting to yourself and making sure that it feels good. So our work, this is what our work is based on. So it's, it's when I was spinning, when I was in David's indoor cycling classes, and I, I mean, I would go to classes like four or five times a week. I love that. It was my energy, it was my escape. Um, mother of three kids, working full time, and not just, it felt so good. So how does it make you feel? My answer would be amazing. It was like, I felt like a hero to get out of the house to do something for myself, like all the right reasons. Um, and I would live for my massage. Um, massage was my other escape, and they sort of—I guess—they work together. And I never actually equated the massage and my my sort of stress to 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 riding a bike. And when I was on the bike, and David helped me for connection, connection to my breath, and connection to my core, which I wouldn't have really understood. It. And it actually took me a bunch of times with David trying to explain it and show me what to do. And all of a sudden, it clicked. Aha moment. Like, major aha moment. Okay. And I realized, oh, I'm riding stronger. I was riding better. And all of a sudden, had no lower back, no upper back. I it, So the stuff that I thought was tension, like life tension in my shoulders, wasn't. It wasn't. I wasn't riding from my core, even though I thought I was. Even though I worked with trainers before, and I was, I, I thought it was like, fit and capable. And so David really changed our was Like, this, we have to, there's all these people in the class and they'd be going to your class for 20 years and why don't they get this? Okay, so, but how did he change it? How, what did he do to change it? What did you do, David? Um, just to go back, I'm, I'm going to answer your question, but to go back to what you were saying about the sore throat. Yeah. Uh, fixing the sore throat and then not taking into account that something else was wrong. So that's basically how Lisa made her way. I didn't fix Lisa. All I did was I gave her, I kind of empowered her, gave her the understanding and the skill of the way her body worked and taught her how to move from her core. And when she started to move from her core, she had this foundation that was so solid. There was no longer stresses on the back that caused it to break down. Her ability to produce power with the same amount of energy went way up because it was coming from the foundation. Ah, uh, I see. So it was also using my breath. Yeah. So it was not pausing in between songs and he taught me I had some heart rate issues that 
through David's training, changed how I was doing something. Just using my breath, I would say differently. Yeah. Um, and, and I was, and I was, well, that was actually probably one of the places I was most confident in my life with, you know, on the bike in that room. And it's, David's like turned that upside down and it really, then I was like, we have to do this. Like, you have to be able to help other people. And I would look around and I would say, there's people that have been coming to your class for 20 years, three, four times a week. Why aren't they following you? And so one of the things that the care concept is about is, because he's like, uh, why don't people care? Why don't people care? Because I think if we care and we have an open mind, we're curious, that there's so many options. There's so much there. And so we just want to yeah. offer people those simple, like David said, everything we do is really simple. Um, but you know, if you're doing burpees every day, that's great. Except for if you're actually doing burpees incorrectly, which is, is it showing me through him teaching me about movement, how many people do it incorrectly, then it's actually and how many you know, teach it. Teach it incorrectly as well. Yeah, and I. And instead of actually, there, there's a degenerative component to it. I um, couldn't agree point, more. Because you guys are also talking about the connection right? So I work with a personal trainer I have for three years. And her and I actually talk about this a lot because I do a lot of weights. So at my age, 51, making sure that I don't lose my muscle mass is critical, right? And she's like, and I'll sometimes stop myself because one of the things that she's taught me is if I'm not properly connected and properly aligned, I'm not going to do the movement properly. So I need to connect to my body. It's all about that connection. That maybe that's the breath part if it's, you know, doing cardio. And, and I know this isn't really about the actual exercise. It's more like, are you connecting to your body? Or are you just doing it? Yeah, but it's really interesting, Sandy, because I would say that these people that come to my classes for extended periods of time and they don't follow the guidance that I've given them in their mind. I think they think that they are doing what, what they're supposed to yeah. do. Yeah. It's not even a, a lack of connection. It's a, it is them thinking that they know what they're doing. Yeah. And it's an argument that Lisa and I have quite often where she'll say, they know. And I'll say, no, they don't know. They like, don't. Yes, they do. They know. How they, can they know if they knew, then they wouldn't be doing yeah. it. And I was like, no, they're unknowing. So it's, we it's, still haven't resolved that one. So it's, about <laughs> not, it's about them not knowing what they don't know. Right, right. Okay. I love that because it's all, you, you know, the movement, the, like everything that you guys talk about, it's all connected. So maybe I'm going to just actually take a page out of your book. I know you have two. I want to talk about your workbook, but I bought these for my kids for Valentine's Day. And you guys know I did that. And the reason I did that is I am um, a big believer that our kids, not all, but our kids are having a hard time. We're talking about teenagers, early 20s. And this is not growing up in, you know, I'm a 1970 baby. And I grew up freedom, right? 1970s. Freedom, go outside, play in the park all day, come inside just to use the washroom, barely wash your hands if we're lucky, right? But, um, you know, and I talked to my kids about being a teenager in the 80s too. I mean, you know, if there were phones and photographs, I'd be in trouble, right? (laughs) So I wanted, I, I believe that one of the things that isn't part of the narrative that's going on is how to give your teenagers or young adults tools to help with their mental wellness when this is not living normally. It's not. Okay. My son is in his second year of university and he's like, okay, I was lucky in my first, but now I've got roommates and we can't go anywhere. Can't do anything. Can't. You know, so I bought this book for them because I read a little bit about it online and I'm going to read a page right now and it's going to be random. Okay. 
So, oh, oh, and I, I, I love this one. It's called the hug challenge. I love this. So I'm receiving and giving hugs are parasympathetic triggers and promote balance in your nervous system. Okay, what are we told right now? The narrative is don't touch each other. Don't go near each other. You're far away from each other. Okay, so what can you do? You can hug your family members. You So the average length of a hug between two people is three seconds. When a hug lasts 20 seconds, there can be a therapeutic effect on the body, mind, and soul. Oxytocin, also called the love hormone, is produced during extended physical connection. Okay, so I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I love that. And every single night, I hug my son. He's home right now because it's reading week. And I hug him and then I count in my head. And he's like, oh, God, are you doing that hug thing again? My son, my son was just here and I will tell you, he just said to me, fine, I will give you one more excessively long hug. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah, so he's very, he's different. He's more of a, you know, like a stiff, I go, God, it's like I'm hugging a stiff board. Like, seriously, get into the hug, lean into it. I want you to get the benefit. But this is an example of simplicity, like you were talking about, but people have forgotten it. So maybe talk to me first about your workbook, because I saw that. I was like, wow, that's amazing. Because I hear from so many clients, where do I even start? How do I start? So tell me about your workbook. Okay, well, um, some people set out to write a book, um, and some people don't. We're in that ladder that um, when COVID hit, our workshops that we were doing, future proofing, um, were obviously shut down. And um, David and I had just been in California for work, and when we traveled back, because that was March 13th, and it was, oh, you traveled outside of the country for your like you can't go anywhere. You're, yeah. you're done, and we had to cancel a workshop. David wasn't working, and um, my colleague wasn't coming into my home office for the first time. And I, I nobody here. And I said to David, "Imagine what we can do in two weeks of two type A. Like we could do so much in two weeks. So who knew that was going to be like a year? A year. Um, but the first two weeks, we decided, you know what? We could put this into book format. Our workshop." And that whole idea, I think, of you know, there's a John Muir quote about, you you know, when you reach into nature and you target one thing and you realize that everything's connected. And so we kept, it kept getting bigger and bigger. And we wanted to keep it simple and small. And it, it turned out to be 370 pages. And it turned out not to be a book, but a workbook. So it's sort of like a, not a replacement for a nutritionist or a therapist or a personal trainer, but it supports yeah. all of what you're doing. So it's um, there's work, there's um, I would say there's theory and exercises and practices for everything in all dimensions. So it's to do with food, to do with personal care, to do with what to wash your hair with. But oh. we do not. Like everything, emotional wellness. I love we it. We talk about, we go through a whole program that we've coined. We, we make up a lot of words, not just our titles, but things like unmeditation instead of meditation. We talk about empathy economics um, and how you're spending your money. We are, we've coined something called kind food is what we rely on, which is trace your food back to where it came from. And if you feel good about it, then eat it. <gasps> love that. And, and so we give guidance and we give examples. And so the workbook's 370 pages. Um, and it has online support as well. Okay, so, so who who's the ideal person for that workbook? Like, who's the person that that workbook is written for? So the, I guess the short answer would be somebody who cares, who I say gives a shit. Okay. So basically, it's not. Um, but the the bigger answer would be that we're we're not after one specific demographic. Um, just understanding that the moment we're born, we start to age in our bodies, 
So understanding that that um, we're constantly in a state of aging, what the Wellness Intelligence Workbook uh, endeavors to do is to make that whole process just more graceful. Yes. So we talk about, we say that, you know, from where I come from in marketing, it's who's your demographic. And so I think I'm the demographic. I'm a 49-year-old um, woman with three kids who are 20, 18, and 13, a husband of a thriving business, all of those things. It's, it's busy lifestyle, right? I live in the city, um, and this is like everything that I need. However, with those three kids, all three of my kids can do everything else in this book, and they do. They participate in it, some willingly and some not as willingly, but they do. Um, and we have two 90-year-olds as well. Yeah. From the other end of the spectrum. Oh, wow. My is 90 and he's Sorry, this is who? My dad is 90 years old. Wow. And he's all over our stuff. He's okay. one of our biggest supporters. Oh, one of our big, I love that. One of the biggest endorsements from this book is being from a client of ours who gave it to her 90-year-old father. And he's so excited. This is exactly what I need. So we say in terms of demographic, which is also sort of out of the box, that we say we work exclusively with everyone. You just have to care. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's who we're not targeting anybody. But they are online community um, with our learning labs and support for the workbook. We just give it I want to hold the door open and smile and invite anyone, everyone in. We don't want to use any tactics to convince people. It's when you are ready and you are curious, come on in. And we want to not, we're all about co-opetition, not competition. So we want to. Um, so it's about uh, coming in and being inspired by our work, but also inspiring others as well. So really a situation whereby you pay it forward to somebody else. So we, we don't want to be competition with nutritionists or personal trainers. We want to support and broaden the scope um, of how people approach wellness and as David said about just everything we teach is so simple, but if you have our workbook and you work through it either on your own because it's completely, it, you can do it self-guided, um, or you work with us. The thing is, is you will actually be able to pay for it as a teacher without being out of your element. So we always say, we're not experts. We have, you know, obviously there's lots of people with expertise, but we are so fortunate because we have had so many mentors ourselves. Plus, like, a life lived. Like, I, the clients that I've had, that I, I have clients that have, that are so incredible in the wellness sector that has taught me so much. I've learned more about glyphosate from working with a client of mine than I could have read, you know, in a hundred books. And David, what was that calculation? He said teaching movement 40 classes a week, seven days a week. For over 30 years, I've watched millions of people move. And, and actually having seen an Ironman yeah. and, and, and yeah. triathlons and and so that experience, that's all we want to do is bring that all together, pull it, and, and share that with other people so they can live. Okay. Not just that, um, Sandy, we, we learn every single day. So this morning we started out, um, we always have a workout in the morning. And this morning we did a 30-minute step class. <laughs> and then we did a 10-minute core class. And then we did a 20-minute yoga class. And what was really interesting was that all the different people, yeah, different people. And uh, what I was saying to Lisa was, when COVID hit and we were shut down, we started to play outside. We've got this program that we call Offload Speed Play, and basically it's getting out into nature and moving your body in a multi-dimensional way. It was good, but it wasn't enough. So um, we purchased some weights, and we started to lift weights, and then. The next thing was we we started to study. We were only, and we were always doing that. It was just at the gym. And then when we lost the gym, we had, you know, it was like COVID. It was like, oh, how are you going to deal with this? Yeah. yeah. So we, um, we had the weights program in place. We started to do yoga, so stretching the body. And um, once we had the yoga in place, the last thing that we've taken on is a more free form of movement, which is stepping, 
dancing, that sort of thing. That's just him wanting to laugh. <laughs> but the, the thing is, though, I said to to Lisa this morning, and this is a new revelation on my part, that had I not strengthened my muscles and stabilized my joints, and had I not taken the time to increase the elasticity in my body and the range of motion in my joints, I wouldn't have been able to do the step class this morning without injuring myself. So it's just a, it's an enlightenment on my part that when we're working with people, we have to make sure that, as you were saying, you, you're lifting weights to keep your muscle mass. It's much bigger than just muscle mass. It's about stabilizing your joints. It's about day-to-day -day movements, being able being able to do day-to-day -day movements without compromising. Neuroplasticity. Yeah. Right. Neuroplasticity, absolutely. We call it brain intelligence, and basically it's making sure that your brain is firing because you're doing things that aren't familiar, um, that are unfamiliar, yes. So just the whole idea of us doing the step class this morning, it was challenging because, like I mean, step Even though he used to teach step. I taught step 20 years ago. But just the idea of getting back on the step and moving, and I'm 61 years old, and realizing that, I could do it because of all of the homework that we did leading up to this idea of finding a different way to keep ourselves fit. We're increasing, increasing the spectrum of our fitness. Okay. So just, it, just because David's still learning in terms of movement, even with decades of teaching. Right, right. And, you know, I think what you're saying, I, I do want to go back to the whole care and inspire. because. Who is your target person who you feel you could really make a difference in their lives? People who care and people who are inspired by you. And I think that, because I get all the time, oh my gosh, this is so overwhelming. The way you live is overwhelming. I'm like, mm. the number one thing is, do you care? If you care, then you're going to feel inspired. Because people in, um, and I'm not, and empowered, and empowered. yes, because yeah, it's, grateful. there's so many factors there, but yeah. really, if you think about it, it's like, there's, there's all sorts of people in the wellness industry. There's, you know, people who um, are all about just the fitness, people who are all about just the food. There are some who, you know can seem very preachy and I'm never like that. We talked about this earlier. I don't believe, I think we're all in a different place, but I think there's always time to grow. And I think midlife is the time to really pay attention and get inspired. So find somebody who inspires you, something that inspires yeah. you. Well, it's so interesting you say that because I think the reason why midlife becomes that time is we sort of, we take stock of our lives so differently. Um, you feel so like you're born like superhero resilient. Um, when you're a teenager, nothing can but like, yeah. it's just such a different thing. And then, you know, you've had kids, I've had kids, you, you, you're living in your aging body and it's actually aging. And one of the things that we are, you know, wellness intelligence is about is to actually beyond preventative, I guess we talk about prehab versus rehab. So okay. why do people have to wait until there's a crisis to sit up and take note and do yes. things? How amazing it is when you actually have your health. When you actually have your health, that is such an opportunity to learn about wellness and do well. So you actually yeah. have this toolbox. So, you know, you're not infallible. Like, we're going to have things that we have to deal with um, we all are going to, or do, and imagine if you have the, the fullest toolbox that you could possibly have with, um, and that includes being confident and loving yourself. You know, some of the things that Dave and I talk about, it's actually in a no worry book also, is about full spectrum feeling, even our emotional and mental health, that just to accept that we can actually feel everything. At the same time, you can be happy and sad simultaneously. So that idea of it midlife, I think we're open to learning that more. But it doesn't mean that I think as a mother, um, this is stuff I want my children to understand. Okay, 
I want them to understand that um, should they want to see a different kind of therapist, just how many different kinds of therapies from, you know, movement, mental, emotional, spiritual, anything are actually available. How many of us grew up even not even understanding what the options were? No, I mean, let's face facts. We grew up in, uh, you know, the parents would throw the kids in the playpen, right? It wasn't about, oh, let me teach my two-year-old how to read. Oh, you know, we won't. But, you know, I was actually talking to my mom about that. I'm like, mom, like every single one of me and my friends, we grew up very differently where it was like, okay, that's what school is for. That's what, you, you know what I mean? The whole education thing. So... Now, I think we're, the times that we're living in, we as parents have taken on a whole lot of different roles. And even if you're not a parent, you take on different roles. But if you're a parent, I mean, you know, you're, you're, their, you're your kid's confidant. They want to come to you for issues. They want to learn from you. So it's a lot that falls on our shoulders when our kids were little and then our kids are teenagers, and then they're adults. It's like we're always there. And now we're living in, we're the sandwich generation. So we're also taking care of elderly parents who may not be well. I'm thankful and grateful that both my parents are well and healthy and living in their own homes. But that's not the case with many, many people. And that's the thing with the workbook is the, the every single section in the workbook applies to not just you, but if you learn it, then you are better equipped to take care of yourself so you can take care of other people. So you are, by the way, taking care of the planet, which regardless of being an environmentalist or not, we have to do because it's affecting, right? And um, and it matters. Everything matters. So like you said, taking care of your kids, taking care of elders, how many people are taking care of somebody else and they don't necessarily even know how to take care of themselves first. Exactly. So That's it. What's learning in school. And I, I David was like, if this was taught oh. in elementary school, which it can be, um, you know, it would be incredible. Like, how do we live in our bodies and not understand our nervous system is beyond me. And I'll tell you, it wasn't until the last few years that I actually really understood. So we have a program called Unmeditation. And it's like an ode to people who say, like, I know I should meditate, but I can't, or I don't have time, whatever. Busy brain, I don't have time, but list of excuses. And basically what we've done through our meditation is we've gone and we've dispelled all of the, the supposed excuses as to why people can't meditate. So, and that comes from also, David was like, something about meditation I was like I don't meditate like, yeah I'm like I can't sit there I can't like sitting lotus is not something that I find enjoyable and to me there has to be joy and comfort in what I'm doing it's like well why don't you lie down I was like what do you mean because <laughs> we can lie down and meditate I was like you can you mean and you don't have to so sit there funny. like this <laughs> it's also so funny because I've never waited for permission from other people to do things so I think it's so I I I find it funny that I waited for David to give me permission to lie down and meditation is like if you're busy brain or you can't that's actually really when you need it yes yeah so we now have this learning lab and hope to be able to just take it back to basics and like help people just unmeditate and then it opens the door for them to find, you know, find their way. With what works with them. So I agree. Them, why a six-year-old or a, a six-year-old or a 90-year-old or a teenager are all people who we can work with. And also just understanding that the stuff that we're, like, especially with our meditation, as with all of our programs, is that the things that we teach, it's very attainable. It's, it's something that you, it, it's really easy to grasp. And it has, because of that, it has built-in longevity. Meaning you don't, you know, we notice that it's, a, it's like the antidote to a diet or a program. Yes. So people do a 10-day challenge or a 30-day program or they take a course or they work out with a trainer and then when they're sort of left on their own or it gets old or whatever 
forward as they move on to their next challenge or program and our stuff is meant to be basically revisited it's about creating a tool something that you know something that you understand you know the why you feel good about it we've added in something positive um that you feel good about therefore it pushes some of the stuff that you're maybe doing that's not so helpful yes that that makes sense Because right there, so I actually interviewed somebody not long ago who is now, I guess you could say a Chinese medicine practitioner, not medicine, Chinese, I don't know. He does some really cool stuff, let's just say, and that's coming down the pipe. But anyway, we talked about it and he used to live a life of addictions. He was a smoker. He didn't, and and he said what happened was when he started to care and felt inspired, he started to adopt different things within his life. And it wasn't about, okay, now I'm going to stop doing this. It just kind of, there was not as much room for it anymore because he started to feel good. And I say this also to my clients, I'm like, Okay, you know, they say, should I eat this? I'm like, well, how do you feel when you eat it? Not very good. Okay, then don't eat it, right? And I'm not, I am really against very strict diets. I did them all. When I had my thyroid removed, that was learning, right? That was a learning experience for me. I had to find my balance and what worked. I did everything under the sun. Raw food diet, vegetarian um, paleo, keto, low carb, um, gluten-free, quit coffee for six months. And I'm like, oh my God, none of it was making me feel different or better. And so what do I do now? I might incorporate a little bit of all those things. So I'll still have my coffee. I have one a day, but I also don't have it as my first thing in the morning. I have green tea. And I'm sure it's coffee from a better source too. So it's not Kind of. You know, kind, I'm not uh, there yet. Not there yet. I'll send, okay, well, I'll send you something. I'm looking at trying to convince my husband to move to like a French press, organic, really good. But we are not there yet. We're, we, I, I'm almost ashamed to admit it. I'm going to send you a gift for having us on your show. Okay. Because. I'm almost, but listen, I'm all about real. We have an espresso machine. We have a Keurig machine. That's our coffee. So, but you know, I'm not saying I won't move to, but I did quit Starbucks. I quit Starbucks and there was a, well, because I'm like $5 a day and this is what I'm talking about. So, you know, you look at what you're doing in terms of your habits and you're saying, okay. I want to purchase a program with a nutritionist or I want to work with the Akira concept. I want to get the book and I want to do some workshops with them. But, oh, you know, I'm spending $5 a day on that that Starbucks coffee, right? So it's about choice. Yes, it's about choice. And it's about how much do you care to make a difference, right? And it's about understanding, too, that every time you spend $5, you're casting a vote yes. for the success of Starbucks. When mm-hmm. I say that, I'm not saying that I don't want them to be successful, but you as a person, I want you to understand that every time a dollar comes out of your pocket, you're actually casting a vote. That This is empathy economics. This is what we talk about in our whole empathy economics. So tracing things back, understanding the power of a dollar. Oh, my and God. I love it. And it's the illusion of convenience, right? So yes. Starbucks. So you're going, you're leaving your home, you're waiting in line, you're spending five dollars, you're getting, um, you know, not the healthiest beverage yeah. in like a disposable cup yeah. and thrown away, and that's you know anything but convenient. And for that same cost, you could buy. You know, I'm not a coffee drinker, so I shouldn't actually um, recommend coffee. But there are really beautiful, shade-grown, organic. Yes, there are. But I want to go back to what you say, David, because I'm actually writing a post 
exactly about what you just said. And this is why I love it because I feel like we're all like we're so aligned. So you vote with your dollar. And I have always purchased not from larger companies. I support smaller companies, non-GMO, organic, and I support local farmers over the Whole Foods. Listen, if I have no choice and I need to get a really nice prime rib for a special meal, I will go to Whole Foods if I don't have it. But there, and I'm, you know, like, I don't think I'll get in trouble for saying this, but the bottom line is their prime rib, yes, it's 100% grass-fed, but it's in Australia, for goodness sakes. We have so much, and I always support, we have really good local regenerative farmers who are doing things right. And, you know, I'm not a vegetarian. I, as I was saying, I believe in balance. And so, yes, I do eat meat. And no, I don't believe that makes me a bad person because I do, because I actually vote with my dollar. Exactly what you said, David. I spend my money where I believe it's doing good for the planet. And so, yes, like I go to farmer's markets almost every weekend. I was actually at the St. Lawrence market a few weeks ago and, uh, it was lovely. Like, cause, you know, I'm, I'm just west of Toronto, but, you know, you see all of these local farmers, local businesses who are doing good. And that is part of the whole caring thing, right? As opposed to going to the grocery store, grabbing anything out of the meat counter. I don't do that. And I, Educate people on why it's important. And nowadays, guess what? Things are getting more affordable. Why? Because people are caring more and voting more with their dollar, right? Absolutely. I mean, that's empathy economics. That's a huge thing. That's what David's saying about, you know, tracing back. And so, you know, we spend a lot of time um, at the farmer's market. Yeah. It actually is one of my favorite places to be because it's, Reminds me how many amazing people there are in the world doing amazing things. Yes. And the energy exchange, even at the farmer's market, let alone the fact that you can get the best chocolate, you can get the best soap, you can get the best greens, and they're like smiling faces who thank you for buying it. so lovely to spend hard-earned dollars in that way to know, like you just said, you you're voting with your dollar and saying, yes, please, that's what I want. Yes. So these rewards, Sandy, these rewards of um, feeling good about yourself, being proud of the way you're you're committing yourself to, the way you spend your dollars, um, gratitude, appreciation. So these are the rewards that we, we know. Um, these are the things that are going to cause people to want to expand their wellness intelligence. Yes, I love this. I'm going to actually So, we we do we're almost at an hour. So, I'm going to summarize the Cure concept and the Wellness Intelligence Collective. You guys have a workbook, you guys have workshops, you have your other book, No Worries, which I love and I promise I will get through it all. And you guys are doing so much good. Now, do you, you don't just work locally. You work internationally, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I love it because I do have uh, a lot of listeners actually in Europe, in the UK as well. So most of my listeners are in the, in the United States, a little bit in Canada and Europe as well. So is there anything else that you'd like to add that I haven't covered? Well, it's just that we'd love everybody everybody just to visit the akiraconcept.com and that's really the portal into everything that we do so our books are available there and they are available internationally on amazon but we of course we love when people order directly from us if they're local um when they order a workbook we have been because of covid and having the time we even take and we hand deliver them because we love just that oh i ordered off amazon I didn't uh, order off of your website. I should have. You have it in your hands and that's what matters. And we really want to help people. And so we hope that what is found on our website, there's also access to our 
community, the Wellness Intelligence Collective, where we have our learning labs and studios, access to us on social media, and everything we're doing. We just we want to grow and help people organically, no pun intended. We really want people to hopefully find us. We want to work with them. We want to share, and um, we hope that they pay it forward. Yeah. Your concept is um, something that we've done in-house. Um, Lisa's a master at um, website development and all the pictures that were taken, uh, her 13 year old took a number of the pictures that are actually on our site and it really is a, so it's a, it is a beautiful, beautiful kind of homegrown. Inside job. Site. I love it. Yeah. Yes, I love your website. Well, thank you so much, Lisa and David. This was really a pleasure, and I look forward to actually having more connections with you guys. Likewise. We're so grateful and appreciate you. Thank you, guys. Join me next week where I cover off more exciting topics. I hope to continue to engage you and excite you and show you that living in your 40s, 50s, and beyond can be exciting, balanced, and helpful. Bye for now.